0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Audience Please podcast with me, your host Adam. I spoke to Liam and Steph of Sheffield based black and post metal band Hidden Mothers. Uh, It was an absolute pleasure to chat with these two around their upcoming self titled debut EP. And I've been lucky enough to already hear this. And if you're a fan of the likes of Oathbreaker or Converge, you're in for an absolute treat. They've already got one song from the EP up on all stream services and Bandcamp. So I recommend you go and check that out. And if you like, go and pick up their EP. We also, as ever, covered their top gigs played and been to as fans. And uh, again, there were some amazing examples mentioned. And there's one that Liam brought up that I am very personally jealous of um so screw you liam if you're listening back to this um anyway to everyone else enjoy and go and pick up their ep asap boy <laughs> Tim and Steph, how are you doing guys? I'm, How's things I'm going?
1: Very well, thank you very much. Yeah good thank you mate.
0: Yeah, uh, hopefully not melting too much in your black t-shirts.
1: Um, <laughs> I them. don't have anything else. Yeah <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. it's a real issue. I
0: was, I was just saying for the, for the listeners, I was just saying just before I did another interview earlier today, uh, at about two o'clock this afternoon when it was 32 degrees and it was not Uh, as Liam just said, not conducive uh, (laughs) at all. Um, So yeah, anyway, welcome guys, thanks for coming on. Um, Yeah, really excited to chat to you guys because you have got your new EP coming out soon. So I kind of just wanted to kick off with that and just sort of um, let you guys talk around how the band came about, what your sort of influences have been. Uh, Obviously we've heard, well, I've been lucky enough to hear the whole EP, but um, when this goes out, people have heard the, the first single that's gone out. So, yeah, just talk a bit around that, guys. I'm really interested.
2: Uh, do you want me to take it away, Liam? Yeah, you crack on and I'll fill in the gaps. Oh, ah. Well, um, Hidden Mothers, um, which is not its name, of, original name, shall we say, okay. um, kind of basically started um, as me. I took a break from music for a little bit. I think some, some of us also did the same. Um, we've all been in bands from kind of the surrounding area of Yorkshire, mm. and um, I was a bit bored creatively.
0: Yeah.
2: Because um, I, I basically took a, a a break so I could do my apprenticeship with barbering, because that kind of needed to be my focus at that point in life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then a um, couple of the now band members started coming into my shop and having their hair cut by me and i was just like you know like do you guys want to start something musically and that were at the time that was arian guitar luke on guitar and both of them were just like oh what kind of thing you thinking i was like i kind of want to do something really heavy because my background is kind of hardcore melodic hardcore and post-metal
0: yeah and
2: uh they, they both said yes, and then I was trying to think of who would be really good on bass. I've seen relics that Liam was in before. I've seen like how eager and stuff he is online and his social media presence, and I thought that would be a great factor for the band. <laughs> and I, I just literally messaged Liam out of the blue, like saying, Liam, do you want to come and play bass for this like proposed uh, project? And Liam was like, pretty much like i'm yeah. not doing anything right now might take a need might might take a little bit to brush off the cobwebs but yeah sound i'm down and uh luckily enough um our drummer adam he's from norfolk of all places <laughs> he came in to have his hair cut i met him and you know what it's like drummers that are available and not in, a, in another project are basically a needle in a haystack so I was just like <laughs> oh you're a drummer are you? <laughs> and, um, well, me and him kind of spoke and then me and Adam spoke a lot about musical interests that we, we both shared And yeah. he, he seemed like a really enthusiastic guy he sent me some videos of him playing drums and I was just like when somebody tells you that they're a drummer you're like oh you can play drums but when somebody sends you a video and you're just like that is sick like, yeah. I just had to dig my claws into him and go, right, you're the drummer for this project. Yeah. And then we all got in a room, we all arranged a date to get in a room, and the the vibe and the gelling of us making music kind of happened, happened organically imagine, rather than yeah. forced. Yeah, it, there was like a nice so, chemistry between us, so... So so basically, everyone met through you barbering then, sitting, uh, sitting in your chair. Well, the, <laughs> I, 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 Liam's the only guy that... Um, up until recently, um, <laughs> hadn't had his hair cut by me, but we yeah we you changed had to sort that.
1: out my lockdown, barnet, didn't you? Yeah, to, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> know that feeling. Yeah. So yeah, so we all got together. Everything felt organic, and we were like, right, let's have a few more sessions. We started to write some actual songs, or get the the bare bones of some actual songs, and then that were it. It was like right, what we called then, and then at the time we decided to be called. What was it grandfather grandfather yeah and um uh, <laughs> so i think sounds a bit sounds,
0: sounds a bit indie that uh a bit grandfather. Well, like, yeah. a, bit like it, grand, it, a bit like
2: granddaddy or it, 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 it hey, felt, we it, like granddaddy it felt like the, the best name at the time but then when it when it came to us actually getting to the point where we were recording and release ourselves as a brand on the internet and other stuff it was liam turned around actually and said look this is our last chance is this the name that we want and um, uh, someone in my life at the time suggested this name as me and them doing like a sludge project under this name and um, and I I basically said look can I rob that name for this (laughs) project and they they were a bit like well um but, you know, it's my ex-girlfriend, so she's not in my life anymore. So, <laughs> we, so we 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 kind of went with that name after suggesting it and talking about it, and that was it. It was just kind of... Now it kind of feels like the right name, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. It definitely...
0: Uh, I don't know what, why Like sometimes you just look at bands' names and sort of the music they're producing, and sometimes it just fits. And I don't mm. know why, but Hidden Mothers definitely fits with with what you're doing
2: anyway Well, it's yeah. like we we the music that we're doing is such a culmination of so many different genres you can't people like media always tries to pinpoint what we actually are but when you look at all the members and all the kind of different influences and what they listen to in their own time and like you piece it together and you're like oh there's there's that little bit of that music or a little bit of that music so like when you're trying to think of a name that describes you as a as a genre melting pot,
1: yeah. It's
2: yeah. Hard. I kind of think "Hidden Mothers" is a, is a quite a representative name because if you know what "Hidden Mothers" is, it's like a, a woman underneath a shroud in a photograph. Because like you don't know what what it is Which, or yeah. what's underneath that shroud. So when you release some, like a song or uh, an EP, you kind of you don't know what you're gonna hear. So that I kind of, for me, it, it lends itself to it in that way.
1: Yeah. Just yeah. to add to that, like I think that we're not enough we're not enough of any one genre to have a name that's, like, super that thing. Like, we're not black metal enough to be called, like, Frost Moon or, like, <laughs> um, you know, um, we're not emo enough to be called, like, The Yesterday Project or some shit like that. I don't know. Like, so a, a slightly vague name, like, Hidden Mothers kind of can be mm. can be whatever you want it to be and whatever we need it to be at the time. And I feel like as we go forward if we make music and we'll be like oh is this really us well it, it can be because we haven't put that we haven't put too solid an identity on ourselves to not be able yeah. to do different things if we want to so yeah it gives us flexibility
0: yeah definitely um so yeah i, I mean so going on from that um so obviously having listened to the the ep like you say it is very eclectic um there's like bits of converge bits of oathbreaker there's of the, oh actually I'm wearing Converge T-shirt at the moment I've just realized I um, <laughs> um, yeah and like you say, there is there is a very much a melting pot when you when you guys sort of got together and write it, uh, write it, wrote and, uh, and then um, and then recorded the EP, what was that process like for you guys especially as... you're still quite new uh, in a way, aren't you? So yeah, like, how, yeah. How, was, how was that sort of coming together and, um, and actually recording the EP?
1: I mean it was a great experience. I mean we we'd um we did our first single um longest journey yet at the beginning of 2019 and we did that with Joe Clayton um who we then went on to do the EP with. Um and you know right from the start we wanted to work with Joe because he's he's either in or has recorded some of the best like bands the UK's put out in the last sort of five five six years. Um and so to have somebody who kind of already knew, had the right mindset to know what we wanted, know what we wanted to sound like, knew the approach that we were taking and could just straight away go, yeah, I know what you want from that. Let, let's make it happen. Made the process a lot easier. Um, writing it was, like Steph said before, it's just really organic. Like we we wrote Longest Journey Yet pretty much in our first ever practice when some of us right. were meeting, meeting for the first time, which was mad um, and I think we started working on Beneath to the Earth, which is the, the lead single off of the new EP in maybe the second or third practice. So wow. these the songs have been kicking around for a while. Um, and, you know, the, as you write songs, they they change slightly over time as you practice them more and think, oh, this could be a bit better or whatever. But the, the final forms as we've had them now, um, we've had since we started playing shows, which was towards the end of... Um, twenty nineteen and then yeah, we hit went in the studio with Joe in January and smashed him out in two days and we're really, really happy with the result that we got.
2: I was really impressed because I wasn't there for the first part of the recording, um, due to work, whatever. Yeah. Um and I basically I got a train straight after work, met the guys, and like the progress that they've made by the time I got there, I was just like, what? (laughs) Because <laughs> like, right, well, recording three tracks in just two days is quite—it's pretty intense. It, yeah, it's like you,
0: well, you've got, and, a, a bit,
2: and especially the, the the track lengths
0: you guys have got on on this EP as well. They're not like three minute songs as no, well. No, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean no, it's the, it's the, three the tracks in it's song, no. eighteen minutes. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, I mean, and there's quite a lot of. We met, I think, in the first day. We did all the drums, all the bass, and one of the guitars. But then, you know, we've got there's a lot of different things going on it's not just like a mm. like in my old band in, in Relics it's like we were just like a hardcore punk band so everybody had pretty much one tone that they used and that was it so you only really needed to do mm. one take of most things whereas with this it's very layered and there's a lot of different things going on and they all have to be recorded in slightly different ways yeah, okay. um, but yeah if, we just work really well together so we just smashed it out really If quickly.
2: if anything like when you record with people that are Good at what they do yeah it it builds that respect for them even more because you 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 watch them and like being in a band is kind of like being in a little family, isn't it so like you watch them absolutely smash their and you're just dead so dead proud of them it's like <laughs> so like uh, there was a few points I had to just go out for a cigarette and just like just not be in the room for a bit and just soak up what just happened it was yeah it was really cool but like i really i really enjoy the recording process i'm yeah, not i'm not a too. huge fan of the writing process i kind of leave that <laughs> to the other guys but
0: <laughs> just yeah you just
2: come in at the end and just uh scream yeah, like, vocals over well, the top <laughs> I, I don't know how to play an instrument so i don't i don't know what i can add i can't tell them what to do and how to do it the way i would like it to, to be done so i just kind of let them do their thing and then add my little spice at the end
1: <laughs> it's funny though because like sometimes we'll we'll quite often have practices like just the musicians and we're like oh as we we're just talking about bits bit, like oh maybe Steph could do a little bit like this there or maybe not and then he'll come in and we'll like and do his thing and we're like well that's nothing like I expected but it totally <laughs> works so it's fine <laughs> but no it's we do all just work we kind of are all in each other's heads a little bit yeah. and we just seem to be on the same wavelength all like, the like, time the, so it's obviously
2: great obviously like when, during the writing process there's every band will go through it there's kind of like a creative lull at some points mm. and like yeah. the the best thing about our collective um <laughs> is like if somebody's having a like a bummer day we'll pick each other up and like just you know pat them on the back and just be like don't mm. worry come in next time like yeah. absolutely smashing you know you do have sometimes you have practices where you're just like ah. No, it wasn't really awful. Yeah, for, like, so for us, like the PA wasn't working, so we couldn't actually do a proper practice. And I'll have a few cans, and it'll piss me off because I can't do any vocals. Or, <laughs> like uh, an instrument will break, and that well, oh, that's it. That's the end of practice. Then and you just go in the next time, and you absolutely smash it, and you just walk off with your head held high. And you just look yeah. forward to that next session. That's exactly the same as that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for that, guys. Talking uh, through uh, through the EP. Um... Just the the sort of last question I had around the, the EP was um, you've got Steve Miles doing the artwork um, yeah. for this project and uh, this is the second time he's getting a mention in uh, as many weeks uh, in, <laughs> and he's not even been on the fucking podcast. Deservedly so though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the guy is a, the guy is a ledge. But um, yeah, how, how did you end up working with Steve basically um, and getting him to do the artwork?
1: We argued about artwork for so fucking long. Oh God, it like was like months. The part, <laughs> it was... The, bit
2: like, the part of the band that I hate the most is like yeah. trying to get five guys to decide on one thing. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, it's so yeah. tedious. I think I, I must have made mock-ups of maybe... So, did we eight, all 80 to 100 different possible e- Yeah. E- wow. At, 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 one point,
2: at one point, I had to tell Liam to put his phone down and go to bed because he was yeah. like, it was like nearly <laughs> one in the morning and he's just sending like mock-up after like, Liam, go and get some sleep, man. Yeah.
1: Um, so eventually we, we, we had a couple of, cause we, we, you know, we're a fairly new young band. We haven't got shit loads of money and we were like, oh, it would be a good way to save ourselves some money by doing the art ourselves but then we soon realized that we can't none do of are artistic. <laughs> so like right okay well we should pay someone who knows what they're doing yeah because you
2: like... just when you've got like five creative minds in one group chat all trying to decide <laughs> on one thing sometimes it's easier just to get somebody outside of that collective to take your suggestions and turn it mm-hmm. into a rendition of what they yeah. think yeah. that you're thinking and sometimes that's that's so much easier because you're like, oh,
1: yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, yeah. Plus as well, like, we'd worked so hard on the EP and we thought the songs were so good to then put it out with a a cover that we'd sort of half assed and just thrown together because we needed a cover. Yeah. Just felt like we'd be doing it a disservice. Yeah, 100%. And, like, Steph's worked with Steve before in an old band and I've always really liked his work and I'm a big fan of his band, Cattle, as well. And it just, we'll just, like... We'll approach him, see if he thinks he's got a good idea, and if he has, then we'll go for it. And literally, the first thing he sent us was pretty much the finished product of we like, okay, yeah, that's fucking wonderful. Let's yeah, do just that. go for it, man. It was a very yeah. easy decision once he put it in front of us. Um, but I feel like every everybody that we've worked with on this EP, from like Joe and and Steve and Scott Middleton who mastered it, and like our guys who are taking care of the label and stuff, they all just kind of. When we ask them something or like, how can you contribute? can you do your thing to make the CP as well as it can?" everybody just knows exactly what to do and and yeah. I realize now why there are people who specialize in certain things because the band can't be good at everything nope. and like having yeah. a, a, like a te- a team makes it sound like you know we're a bit bigger than we are but <laughs> like having having a group of people who you can rely on to do certain things that you can't do yourself is very important when,
2: when, it, when it comes to like where we were at as a band, there was a lot of hype about our, our performances live and we'd not yeah. done many gigs at all, but people were talking about us and obviously we'd worked with Joe before, so people have heard our single through Joe and us working with him. and like There was a little bit of hype and we had to kind of,
1: when live you're going to come it, out
2: with an actual record, not just a single, You can't, you have to brand yourself right and you don't like necessarily have to look like a specific thing or market yourselves in a certain way, but you can't. You have to release yourself as a strong
1: brand. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's so many bands out now that like, if you come out, no matter how good your music is, and obviously that is the thing that has to be good above everything else. But if your music's good, but you've not got all the rest of the stuff right, you're much less likely to have people pay attention. And as much as yeah. that kind of sucks, and it should be about the music, it's it's the I, truth it's I, the way things are
0: yeah I've, I've talked about that a lot on this podcast actually around like imagery of of bands whether it be on stage art like like we're saying artwork you think of that just pulling one out of the air because it's one that always comes to mind is chelsea wolf for example mm. or aa williams you look mm. at them and aa williams went from naught to 60 miles an hour really quickly but yeah. part of that was because of like, her stage presence and her band's stage presence yeah, and what, yeah. how they set themselves up. And it and created like, that more ethereal thing with definitely. Them. Um, it was a, There was, all like, a
1: mystery thing around them, wasn't there? That was, yeah. like... I've, I've seen her five times. I've still never seen her face. Uh, like, it's, it's just all, like, smoke and hair. And, like, that's cool because it really suits what she does and it adds another layer to it. And I think 100%. that... You know if you don't realize that that stuff's important you're unfortunately less likely to get people to pay attention you also, you also have to
2: like look at bands that we grew up like listening to and like you're wearing a converge shirt and you know the the jane doe face is instantly recognizable even if you don't like converge you know that that's mm. converge and mm. integrity that little, skull, that skull little thing. Fangs, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah it's instantly recognizable and like for us bringing out a record also like, it was obviously an honor to represent local artwork as well because steve's yorkshire boy but we but we kind of wanted an image that anytime every and someone saw that image it was like oh that's hidden mother's record oh that's hidden yeah. Mother. i mean we've shoved it down everybody's face enough that they, they will do <laughs> that now but mostly yeah. thanks to liam because he's an aficionado with social media. <laughs> <laughs> you say like,
1: aficionado. I'm really annoying, though, is the truth of it. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's like me with my podcast socials, man. It's it's just like I'm a bit bored today. Uh, I'll just do some I'll just do some Twitter stuff and just yeah. Uh, yeah. annoy people. Um, yeah, just shit post for
1: an hour and, <laughs> and kill some time. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, thanks for that, guys. That was really cool insight into the EP and the artwork. No worries, well, um, dude. Yeah, so let's jump into my favourite bit of the podcast and talk around uh, top three gigs played, first of all. And I know oh. we were saying just before, you guys haven't spoken about this beforehand, so we're no. interested interesting to what you say.
1: Okay, do, but, I, do you mind if I go first? Yeah, you go ahead, bro. Okay, so my top... Should I start with my favourite or start with number three? Start with number three. Let's start with the other number way. three. Okay, so... I think number three for me was our first ever show, um, which was at the parish in Huddersfield, which is a wonderful, wonderful place that unfortunately we'll never get to play again because they are moving to a bigger, cooler uh, establishment. And, this
2: means we get to play somewhere bigger and cooler. Yeah, we get to play there again, but it will be somewhere else.
1: But we'll never play in that sweaty little room again. Um, so yeah, it was at the parish in Huddersfield with Pine, who obviously Joe is in, um, yeah. and Blanket, who are just wonderful like cinematic post-rock bands. Um, but I think the reason I love that show so much is because it was our first gig and we had like zero expectations. We didn't know if anybody was going to turn up and we didn't know if we were going to be any good or not. And A... I think we really smashed it and it was really busy and we got a really good reception and it's the best first show I've ever played with any band I've ever been in. I think Amazing. just that like we got off stage and like, holy shit, like we might be onto something here. Like really, <laughs> really good feeling. Um, number two... I think oh, just would. just before oh, sorry, you move on, on,
0: Liam. Yeah, I went to the uh, Pine Blanket tour at the Barfly in London, and mm. yeah, it was a great night. I, it was the first time I'd seen Pine. Weirdly, I, weirdly, they'd escaped me for ages. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're, do they're, that like, though. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're a force as well. Like. They
1: are. I've seen them in a few different um, iterations. Like, because there's always been uh, Joe, Luke, and Nick, and then they've had like a rotation of cellists and violinists and they had a lap steel guy for a while and um but yeah and they they were really like we saw them um open for Oathbreaker and they had it was the first time I ever saw them they had the lap steel guy they had a violinist they had a lot going on but honestly I feel like the setup they've got now where it's literally just Robin on violin and then the, the three guys who've always been there Robin is so I, I th- good for that band. Yeah, she's. Yeah. I think it's the the best setup they've ever had. Like they sounds the so. And as well. Yeah, she's and, wicked.
0: And the visuals as well that they they have going as well in the back. Yeah, I don't know if they had that for they that show. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't have
1: them at Hud- uh, Huddersfield. A uh, Pl- uh, blanket had like their screens and stuff that they have, but Pine yeah. didn't. T- I don't know. I had a lot of Sambuca after we played, so they might have had <laughs> the visuals. But they were uh, they were fantastic. They're always fantastic. To be fair, yeah, Pine. cool. Yeah. yeah, go for your uh, number two, mate. Number two was the first time we played in Sheffield, um, which was, uh, was... like Sheffield... Huddersfield's my hometown, but Sheffield is the band's hometown. Um, and we played in Sheffield with uh, Coil Guns um, and Yautja and, and Working Men's Club. Um, nice. And it was a really cool, really like did, eclectic bill. Did um, um,
2: Did uh, Temple Steps pull out of that one?
1: Yeah, they pulled out at the yeah. last minute, which is a shame because yeah. they're really good. Um but again, like, hometown show, a lot of pressure. By this point, you know, as much as I don't like to kind of sound like that guy, but, like, people <laughs> were ta- people were starting to talk and we were like, all right, okay, like, there's actually a bit of pressure here that we've got to prove to Sheffield that we are quite good. <clears throat> and, we, yeah, we. Were, it was a really, really great show. Absolutely packed from front to back. Great reception, played really well. And it's just so nice to, like... Play your first couple of shows, like normally, your first couple of shows as a band you play into like four or five people in the back of some pub somewhere, which, which are another band, with, yeah, which is the <laughs> yeah, other, band yeah, like exactly. I, I, it felt like we had skipped some of the shitty shows that you have to do first when you first start <laughs> yeah, a band, skip,
0: skip the proper DIY step, yeah,
1: yeah, like no. And don't get me wrong, like we are a DIY band, and I, I'll yeah. happily, like, we've played we have since played shows to. You know, very few people, or just the other. Bands. We, don't, we don't talk uh, about
2: that show, bro. No. <laughs>
1: um, and, and it's fine because you know, every show's an experience, and every show's yeah. you know, an honor that somebody thought you were good enough to book you. But like, just to have those first two shows be as successful as they were, um, and to, for the lineups to be as good as they were as well, like, to we re- I really yeah. felt like both of those shows. Every single one of those other bands, I was like, this the fact that we're sharing a stage with these musicians is just wonderful. Whereas like there was no like band where I was like, Oh this isn't really my thing or this isn't really something that I'd choose to do again, you know. You get the odd show like that. But yeah, these just felt like great shows to be on and yeah, I can't complain about those shows at all. Um and then my favorite? I know one what your
2: favourite one is. I know what your favourite
1: one. The most recent one. Oh no! Wait! Oh, no, you're, you're forgetting oh, about the other one. Oh, that's you, you're tough. forgetting about. Yours. Okay, is no, that, yeah. It... So my my favourite show. I'm going to cheat a little bit here because what I was going <laughs> to say for my favourite show was the most recent one we played in Sheffield um, just before lockdown because again, wonderful lineup, wonderful crowd, felt amazing. But I am going to change my answer at the last minute because I had a bit of a fanboy moment um, last year. We got booked quite late, quite last minute. You know, only with a, a week or so's notice to be um, the only support band for Planes Mistaken for Stars in oh, Manchester. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, the second ever tattoo I got when I was 19 years old, so that's 14 years ago, was yeah. a Planes Mistaken for Stars tattoo in a shitty little tattoo place in Kettering <laughs> that is faded to fuck and doesn't even. It looks like it looks more like the Integrity logo now. Uh, yeah, At like, no, the, wrong, the yeah. time it was meant to be the Plains Mistake of the Stars logo. So to play a show with that band, I was just mad. I just can't I just couldn't believe it. Like it, we weren't I don't think we would have been an obvious choice for, no. for that no, band. Cause cause because there was know, meant to
2: there was meant to be another band on it, wasn't
1: there? Yeah, there was meant to be a Zapien, Zapien or something like that. Yeah, um, it didn't matter. It, like, I'd listened to and you know they sounded like they should have been on the lineup. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, they like to pull out last minute. They pulled out on the, on the day or the day before, yeah. And it ended they're up like, being right, just okay. us. Time to stand. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That- and they're like, oh, you can play for like 40 minutes. I like, oh, that is twice as long as we've got. <laughs> 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 like, uh, but it, yeah, it was amazing. It was at Soup Kitchen in Manchester, which is a great little venue. Um, great venue. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was so fucking good. I've seen some great shows there. And yeah, Planes Forsaken for Stars are a band that I've loved since I was a child. So yeah, that show. Fuck me. if we get never get a show that makes me feel like that again, like that like nostalgia pride, then I'll be alright because at least I got that one. Like oh,
0: it was oh, a fucking awesome. Oh you oh, like oh, big oh, softy. I
1: know. <laughs> so but yeah, so thank you to um Kieran. From moving north in Manchester who gave us that opportunity please if that happens again we will do it again
0: <laughs> just send just send them a list of the bands that you 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 would really love to support and just go yeah
1: just all my like childhood dream bands like if somebody wants to put us on with like Thursday or uh, poison the well I will I'm, my down for,
2: I'm not not so not so much with I don't think we would fit with Thursday
1: no. Yeah, well, we didn't fit with planes either, but here we are. <laughs> yes, 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 right, yes.
0: I mean, I mean, uh, what was the band like? Ithaca supported. Um, they did. A they supported band.
1: Bleeding Through. Didn't no,
0: they? Uh, no, they supported in Europe. Who was it that that um, that really light? Band- oh, oh Big Thief. Called? Big Thief. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like Ith- Ithaca supported Big Thief, so if they could do that, anyone <laughs> could support anyone. I, do you know what? Yeah.
1: I went. I went to the Nottingham show of that tour. Oh, and nice. um, cause I love Ithaca and me, like me and my missus both big fans of Ithaca I've never heard Big Thief before in my life and um, I, th- I think Lindsay likes them more than you Lindsay likes them quite a concerning amount yeah um, <laughs> but the uh, you know the considering the crowd was very much Big Thief's crowd and they were very much you know looking for chilled indie rock and you, you know you could see it in the Facebook comments on the groups, the event pages before the show, like, the fuck have you booked a metal band to support Big Thief? But the crowd was actually super into it, and they got a really good reception, and they were really open-minded. And and I do sometimes wonder, like, if it had been the other way around, and a big metal band had booked some little folky act, would the metalheads have been as welcoming as those fans were to Ithcar? Yeah. Well, I, I thought I thought yeah. probably not. But then, like, A. Williams supported Cult of Luna, and they everybody loved that, so. Maybe maybe there's yeah, a
0: Yeah, but going yeah, back but... to that thing going back to that thing we were talking about AA Williams, the way she's packaged in a way, she's packaged as very much as like, part of the you, metal yeah, scene. Yeah, if you like Chelsea Wolf, you'll like A.A. A. Williams. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah. like kinda of AA Williams and Colt Luna are all kind of that roadburn pool of bands, yeah. isn't it? So like mm. I I understand why A.A. Williams fans would like Colt Luna and vice versa. Yeah, it, I mean, that's de- it is I suppose that, that's... It's music, that's definitely less of a contrast than the Ithaca by musicians Big musicians thing. for musicians, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, cool. Steph, what, was you, what, what are your top three you've played on mate? Well,
2: Liam's done one on me, hasn't he? I'm glad he changed <laughs> his last one at the last minute. Um, uh, for, uh, number three, obviously our first show in, at Parrish... Um, for maybe some different reasons to Liam, so that kind of makes it a bit more of an interesting talk. Um, (laughs) Loads of people, not loads, but a lot of people (laughs) came over from Sheffield to see our debut show. Um, And that was, like, really nice, because they didn't have to travel all the way to Huddersfield and wait for the last train to get back or whatever. Um, And obviously to play in front of Joe, who just recorded us. Had he recorded us at that point? Yeah, he'd done the single, but not yeah, the Yeah, so he'd done the, the single. That So to be able to perform that to him as the producer of our music at that point, and still is, um, to it, like, allow him to see that and it's how it's meant to be presented, which is live, yeah. was really nice. And just to, just to work with Mikey and stuff, it was really kind of laid back. There was no pressure. and It was like, right, guys, got an hour. Here's some beers on the side. It gave us a little bit more of an ease, because we're all nervous as shit. Like... <laughs> yes. Like, if, if this... If this... If this music doesn't trans well... Uh, translate, sorry. Live, then, you know, fuck. But we know it does, because we do it in a room every fucking week. But, like, yeah. is, how is it going to be received by people? We've got loads of new fans, like, just from the first show, which was... That was really nice. And then, second one is probably... It's a toss up between two but I'll go for the one that I appreciate more and that's our debut show in Sheffield, um, just to play in front of everybody that's been listening to you talk about your project online and, and having work colleagues there and people yeah. like really getting behind your, your music and you know, did we have t-shirts by that point Liam?
1: we had t-shirts for the first show well, yeah. we we got the t-shirts ready for the first show and then we made the mistake of putting them online two weeks before and we sold too many so we had to get another batch done for the shows <laughs>
2: well, well, uh, It yeah. is oh, a really oh, nice oh. problem to have <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, oh, damn. Yeah. we we've, we've sold too Curs much our <laughs> so, so like, so like if I remember correctly there was people there in our shirts and that was really nice because you know it's our second show and there's people already wearing our shirt and getting behind us and like you know, basically rooting for us, and like as in terms of coming off the back of that Paris show where we were like Ooh, just <laughs> ready to go. It was like even more just like let's have it, let's go, yeah, like because from that initial thirst of playing live and brushing off the cobwebs that we'd all had after years of not playing live, it was us like right, let's just fucking smash this one, and we did. <laughs> we literally just went in there and just. Pounded everyone in the face, and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then, my my favorite show, for again, some different reasons. Um, I was the person that booked the show um, in Sheffield, our second one, with Ren, Wallowin', Baal, and Still. So, not not only for me was it like an honor to gather bands that I really like and be able to give them like a really healthy audience to listen to them it was also a chance for me to play with my old band. Now, had they have not agreed to play a show two weeks prior to that, they would have been further up the bill than
0: us. (laughs)
2: But as it happens, like, dude, like, you just headlined a show two weeks ago. Like, I can't put you higher up the bill because, you know, it is what it is. Um, And that was also a free entry show. So, like, people are they're going to come and see you again higher up and have to pay so um but you know it was like us burying the hatchet because we not really spoke since i quit the band and it was just like a nice way to go look dudes i still respect you as like musicians like do you want to come and play the show and then to have still red and wallowing play it and having having it as as Wallowin's debut Sheffield show and like having a sold out show for them to play was like a really heartwarming experience and for for us to play it as a band and kind of be doing something for the city's underground movement was really nice and to have so many people there was just like I literally forgot I was I do this thing where I face the band because I'm right <laughs> nervous and then they'll start playing music and then when it's my bit I'll turn around or I'll have my eyes shut. But like to, turn, <laughs> but to turn, turn around at that show and, and have like such a great presence and an audience there and having loads of musicians in the crowd that we really respect that have really been looking forward to seeing our live show, it was, you, you couldn't have that. It, yeah, was just, nice. it was just a great night. And I got really, really drunk.
1: Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got absolutely wasted. <laughs> that, uh, that show felt like the the moment where I was like, we're not the, you know, the kind of wet around the ears new band on the scene anymore. Like we, we know what we're doing. We know what we sound like. We know what our performance mm. is meant to be. Uh, it's just a shame that we did that show and smashed the fucking tits off it, and then lockdown happened, so <laughs> we haven't been able to do yeah. anything since. Because
2: that was so. also the first. That was also the first show. Because up to that, when you play your music live, is when you start to kind of critique what works well live. Because when yeah. you're just a bunch of dudes in a room, it just you know you it's you've got you no make it? yeah. yeah. It's like it's kind of you've got no no feedback or you've got nobody writing a critique and and like. Praising certain parts of your performance for you to focus on so that was the first actually the first show where we extended our set and put in like little glimpses of other songs that we're writing but helped like we wrote it in such a way that it helped the whole yeah the whole like set yeah yeah it, yeah, it yeah, just it all bonded into yeah. one so for us it for us as a band as well it was kind of it were it made us feel great as a musicians to be able to, in a short amount of time, come up with that idea and then present it live and it work and no fuck ups happen. And, and it, we also had a photographer. It was the first time we had a photographer that we paid, I paid. And, uh, <laughs> and like, you know, it was just the, some of the shots that we got out of it, we're still using for promo now because there were such good photos. And, Every, it, yeah. It, everybody. It's, 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 is that the, there's a shot
0: of you like in the middle of the crowd at one point, Yes, well, yeah. that's what I do.
2: That's what, I don't like being on
1: stage. Like, You've not been I, on stage I, with me once since we started this band.
2: I think <laughs> I think I, I think at one point I stepped on the stage and then was like, I fucking hate this. It's too it's too warm. I'm getting out:
0: <laughs> Yeah, no. that's a, uh, that's a bit like. Ra- have you have you guys seen Rad Pitt before? Um, yes. No, but Rad, that's a wicked Rad. name. Yes. Yeah, they're they're a brilliant band, but um, yeah, they spend very little time on stage. Uh, I just I just
2: don't like being on the stage. It's like there's a divide between you and the audience, and for me as an artist, or not an artist, a vocalist, I'm like breaking down all my walls allowing you to see me at my most vulnerable point because I'm telling you my inner thoughts and feelings as emo as that sounds (laughs) that's what vocalists do like whether you're pissed off about something whether you're emotional about something but just so happens that our record's all about loss so it's very dear to my heart
0: Mm.
2: so when you're above them or you're looking over people I hate that I prefer to be in the crowd and feeding off the energy of the crowd and if somebody's so happens to headbutt you because they're moshing to your music then you know yeah so be it like I'd rather get headbutt for that reason than into the street and some bloke wants my phone do you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) when when, when I'm performing I like to be able to be at like eye level with people and, and, and like I said feed off their energy well, hopefully
1: we'll never uh, we'll never sell out shows, so there'll always be room for you to. Uh... Mate, you know that I'm still,
2: uh, <laughs> I, You know I'm still going to get in that crowd. Mate, I don't you a fuck. People find a way.
0: Matt, Matt, if Matt from the Bronx can find a way in uh, uh, yeah. a room of 150 people,
1: which I've seen before, uh, you just yeah. sure got to go. You, find yeah. a way. you just got to yeah. go.
2: Yeah. Worry about the, the security later.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, uh, the Bronx played The Parish in Huddersfield, which is literally a barn behind a pub. So yeah. I know exactly what you're, what you're talking yeah.
0: to. There's, there's, an, there's an infamous picture of me that exists on the internet. Well, I use it as my profile picture of just me and Matt from the Bronx just screaming each other's faces in the middle nice. of black car. Excellent. And it's my
2: favourite photo of all was time. That the, was that the free show they did at Blackheart? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Was I was all, in, I in I London to... at the time, man. I missed it. I had to queue up all day for that. Yeah, that's, so why, I didn't, that's why I couldn't be bothered to go, I'll be <laughs> honest. Like. I love the Bronx, but I don't love them that much.
0: Yeah. Um, cool, guys. We'll move on to the, the last bit of the pod then. Um, so, top three shows you've been to as a fan, and I'm very intrigued to hear what you
1: guys have got to say, because I'm guessing you've got
0: very eclectic taste. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I wanted to pick three that I loved for different reasons. Cool. Um, rather than... Because I, I started thinking about it and quite a lot of the shows that immediately jumped to my mind all jumped to my mind for the same reason. So I'll start with one of them. I saw Isis um, in, at The Mean Fiddler, which I, is no longer a thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so Isis, supported by Yezu and uh, wow. <laughs> Boren and a Club of Gore, which is uh, that... Bo- bo- like, uh,
2: Boren and Boren, a Club of Gore. I don't
1: know how... Yeah, they're like a... Dark like jazz, black David, and jazz, David Lynch
2: makes jazz made for yeah. sad
1: goth people. Um, yeah, that's. I'm gonna I'm great gonna great. have to check them out because I've heard them. But, so but good. it was ISIS had just released Panopticon, um, oh, yes. so it was like 2004, 2003, yeah, 2004, 2004, something like that. And whenever whenever I've seen like post metal bands, I think the reason that I got really into post metal was. Um, was the live experience and that feeling where it's so loud that you feel like you might combust, like, that, like... <laughs> been there a few times. That, like, oh, sh- this is just genuinely, I can feel how oppressively loud this is. Um, and Isis somehow managed to do that, but, like, every tiny little nuance of what they were playing still was, like, crystal clear, like, album-quality sound... like a volume that the human body is not built to withstand Um, and it was just incredible like that is a band that for me was my gateway into like post metal or post music or whatever Um, like I heard like Pelican and Cult of Luna and stuff um, but Isis for me was the band where I was like what is this like I I need to know more about this kind of music because I'm extremely overwhelmed and I don't know how to deal with it. And, uh, and yeah, that's, yeah, I can, and the band that I'm in now, this band, I can probably trace back to going to that show and just being like, yeah, holy shit, this is incredible. Um, yeah. So that was my number one. Cool. Um, number two, I felt like I had to get something in that was just a batshit hardcore show. And uh, I've decided on when Every Time I Die played at the Parish in Huddersfield, uh, oh, which, as as I've easy. mentioned a couple of times, is a 150 ah. capacity, including the band's uh, venue. Uh, it is a barn behind a pub in a shitty town in in Yorkshire. Uh, and they played uh, and they played uh, it was on the Low Teens tour it was the last show of the Low Teens tour and they decided that morning that they were going to do Low Teens in full that night so they did Low Teens start to finish and then after they'd finished playing the album did like an eight or nine song greatest hits bangers set what they were meant to play exactly (laughs) but like they basically did Low Teens in full and then they did every song they've ever released as a single um just like start to finish which for some bands you'd be like oh you know i just don't i don't want to just hear the obvious songs but like every time i die like i want to hear a bolorama i want to (laughs) hear i want to hear the new black i want to get up in the ceiling and not be able to get back down again like (laughs) i just you know i just want to go for like i love that band so much and to see them play in a pub in my hometown is something that. So that yeah, was Oliver basically
0: album. just like a last minute secret show that they did basically. Well no, it
1: was it was booked into the tour so everybody knew it was happening but it wasn't oh, supposed wow. to be an album show. So wow. like every other every other show on that tour they just did a normal set and then just in Huddersfield they did Low Teens in full. So wow. and it was th- it was 3 days before Christmas and it was just
2: the best christmas oh, gift ever. It was it was <laughs> I, I,
1: whatever i got for christmas that year was shit. In comparison <laughs> to that gift um yeah so that's that one nice. and then my favorite show ever i saw siguros at the apollo in manchester um which is a very grand old building that's like an old theater so it's very uh you know just big pillars and it's all very kind of showy um and it was the first time where i've ever kind of been just blown away not just by the band and what they sounded like but also realized how much of a difference like the stage setup and the the aesthetics can make to a show like they had this like translucent screen up in front of the stage from floor to ceiling which is a you know huge it's a massive room um and then so you couldn't actually see the band members you could just see their shadows and then when the light hit the each member in a certain way, suddenly the bass player would be 30 feet tall. And then like he'd come down and John C, the singer would be huge and he'd be a giant and doing his whole weird Icelandic whale song thing that he does from like, like a giant and (laughs) like a giant shadow man, like whispering at you louder than anybody (laughs) can whisper. And it's, it was just like genuinely the most spellbinding Mm -hmm. i've ever seen in my life like again that was probably best part of 15 years ago and i still get a bit emotional talking about that show because of how like how much it affected me and how much i came out of it like i walked i came out of it and just to my mate and i just we sort of looked at each other and just had a hug because i didn't really know what (laughs) i didn't really know what else to say um so yeah that was that is gonna take some beating that show yeah
0: it was amazing. incredible. Those are three amazing shows. So Steph, go on then. What year
2: um, three? I can't remember what year it is, but it was arc Tangent three. Yep. That and, was my first my first arctangent actually. Um Coat of Luna headline the the the, the kio uh, 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 yeah. yeah. That one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> uh, I don't know which the, one you mean. The one near the the entrance to the VRP anyway. But it's all yeah. changed now. And um, they were they were running late, or there was something. They might not be playing the show, and um, oh we, yeah, we, I remember they they got was something caught, to do with their flights or something. Yeah, they got delayed really badly, and every I
0: remember that day, everyone was like, "Oh, are they gonna are they gonna not end up turning mm. up? Are they gonna have to be put on like the next it, day I, I, or something?" Like. I
2: think because uh, I knew one of the stage tech hands can't mention his name because it might get him in trouble, but. He told me basically at Tangent of turned round to him and said, Look, you either turn up or you don't get paid, like do you wanna get paid or not? Like which is you know, you're a That's struggling musician, you're gonna turn up and get paid, don't you? So they turned up and I'd paid a VIP ticket and with this VIP ticket you got to watch one band from the side of the stage. And I chose Cult of Luna. because, <laughs> um, you know, everybody had already cashed in their side of stage tokens. So I was like I'm going to watch Kova Luna from there. and I was watching it from the start, side of the stage and I'd, I'd waited years, literally years to see this band and to see them in my home country at one of my favourite British festivals was like an absolute must. It's got to happen. And I was just stood at the side of the stage going, I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. I was obviously watching the musicians and how great they were and I didn't even realise they'd turn up with two drummers. And I just went, fuck this. And I just went, worked my way into the main crowd. And I think they only played four songs, but for Cold Luna, that's like an hour set. So, (laughs) like, uh, I remember necking my drink so I could, you know, be a bit more mobile. And then the next minute I wake up and I'm literally like doing knee lunges, headbanging. And i have woken up and there's a circle of people just letting me do it they're just like (laughs) that guy is having he's living his best best life yeah he's living his best life just let him like oh I was in it it was like I'm leaving I've gone somewhere else And my second favourite one is probably uh Vordruna which is like do you know Vordruna no I like how you uh, say
1: it yeah they're like
2: a uh, everybody knows them as Wardruna um but they're like a uh a folk-inspired Norse classic band, but, like, they're really tribal and they're weird, but they're doing, like, they're trying to represent their country's traditional music. And, you know, they all come out in animal skins and beating human bones and there's (laughs) men with spears and stuff. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, I was at Brutal Assault the first time I went to Brutal Assault. And if you know anything about brutal assault, it's four days at thirty-six degree heat in a military fortress that's made of limestone that soaks up heat. But drinks are like one pound forty a pop. Like
1: it's
2: it's, yeah, it's just carnage. it's it's a it's, lo- it's a long time. So I was <laughs> a little bit emotionally weak at this point. Um, you know, I'm on Hangover Number Five and topping up from the day before, and then Vordruna, well, sorry, Vodruna, <laughs> Vodruna played. And it was just, like, the most just beautiful thing ever. I mean, th- another gig, like, watching Radiohead and bowling my eyes out was another one, but this was just, like, it was so... As a metalhead, like, you kind of feel like a a, a closeness to Norse mythology because it's fucking metal as fuck. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was just, like, so it's not tantric because that's sexual isn't it like,
0: <laughs> I mean you can make it sexually yeah, it, just like, you on, man?
2: <laughs> it just I kind of felt like I was in a higher consciousness somewhere because it was just all beating rhythms and beautiful folk singing over the top and yeah. I, just, I was just crying my girlfriend at the time just looked at me and she's only <laughs> five foot two she just looked up at me and I'm stood on a you know one of them little breeze blocks that they put uh fences into. I'm stood up whatever, so I can see everything. And I'm absolutely bawling my eyes out. I'm a grown man (laughs) in my thirties. I'm the lead vocalist of a metal band and I'm bawling my eyes out. It was great. I loved it. Um, My favourite experience has to be one of the damn nations I've been to. And I'm going to get slated for saying it wrong, but I call them Arm and Ra, But some people call them um, amen or Amen-Ra. Anyway, uh, Amen-Ra. Yeah, ar- yeah, yeah.
0: ju- ju- jury's out on that one. I still don't yeah, know how to say it, yeah. to be fair. I say um, Amen-Ra. I think amen is fine.
2: <laughs> uh, I got to the festival with my mate Craig. And my, Cra- my mate Craig, he kn- uh, I was in a band with him previously. And he was like, whatever you do, no matter how drunk you get, Stefan, because I'm quite famous for getting a little bit sozzled. He said, whatever you do, go and watch this band. And I was like, right. And for some reason, it stuck in my head. No matter how yeah. drunk I got that day, you were like, I've, I've got, got, to, be to, here see, I've got to see this. I've got to see this band. Craig has said, because he knows my <laughs> he knows my my musical taste very well. So I'd lost everybody, and I was like. Right, what time is it? Look at me brochure. What time are they on? <laughs> and uh, it just so happens it's 15 minutes before they start, so I'm like, right, I'm going to go in the room. I like, I, at gigs, I like a bit of space and a little bit of room to myself because I don't know whether I'm going to lose my shit or not. And um, I've got two, two cans of tuborg in my hand. <laughs> and, then, then, and then they start, and I kid you not, from start to finish, my, my brain was not in my body. <laughs> I had gone to like a higher plane of consciousness, and it was taking me on some massive fucking journey of emotions. I felt mm. sorrow, I felt joyous, I felt apathy, I felt like compassion. And as a vocalist and wanting to have that kind of presence on stage, watching yeah. Colin do his thing with that massive back tattoo that's basically <laughs> a symbol of fucking Belgian metal at the moment. It's just like, it was just the gnarliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Production-wise, sound-wise, noise-level-wise, it was just so perfect that I lost my shit. And I had to, for an hour, I was sat outside in the smoking area trying to gather my shit. Just, <laughs> I just didn't realise what just happened to me. And I've not been the same ever since. And now I'm just striving to be that guy that makes somebody else feel like that.
0: yeah.
1: They are are. maybe the heaviest band I've ever seen, like emotionally. oh like you know you know that feeling when you stood up on a bus or a train and it takes a corner too fast and you have to sort of physically steady yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that for an hour watching Amin Ra. Like at some point I'm gonna fall over.
2: Like there's there's nothing I can tell you about. If I
1: end up on the floor, I'm gonna enjoy them from the floor. Amazing band.
0: Yeah, yeah the, the the way you just described Armin Ra is like when I went to see Caving uh, in Berlin. Oh, what um, a band! And yeah, I felt the same because I, for some, for whatever reason, for whatever stupid reason, never seen them before. But they were always one of my favourite bands, and I saw them after, obviously after Caleb had died, and mm. couldn't weirdly couldn't go to the London show, so I, ha- I had to fly to Berlin to well, go to know, the show. Free holiday fast. at the same time. Well, not a free yeah. holiday, but <laughs> t- yeah. two birds, one um, stone kind of thing. Yeah, and I was like, same thing. I walked away, and I was with these two guys and uh, um, friend of a friend, and um, I just walked away and started bawling my eyes out. I was like, I've been waiting years for this. <laughs> yeah, I, Caleb's yeah. dead.
2: But it, I, I, it I definitely,
1: I was at I'll, London, and it was a hard. It was a it was a great show, but it was a hard show to watch. Yeah, it I, was, I just was like, uh,
2: after the Armin Ra show at Damnation. I was stood at the bar crying but you know when you just you need a drink to level you out yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and, like I've, I've just gone to all kinds of elation like I just need another beer and I'll just stood at the bar crying in front of loads mm-hmm. of like crusty metalheads with fucking <laughs> burrs and patches fucking <laughs> sick
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fuck yeah, burzem. fuck burzem. And on, on that note, on the fuck Burzum note, I think that's a pretty good note. We're happy, to, we're to, we're happy um, to
1: nail our flag to that particular mast of fuck burzem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: If, if, Liam, you want to do any more trolling online, uh, we should start the hashtag fuck Burzum. I'm pretty
1: sure that it already exists because yeah. people <laughs> fucking to hate that guy. Like, that guy is an absolute bell end. And yeah. like, I think that was when we set out to do some um, music that was vaguely in the black metal arena. they we were just like, God, I hope no one thinks that we're Nazis. It's just like it's, I I, like it's.
0: It's funny you say 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 that. I, I read someone tweeting the other day, and it was uh, very much to that sentiment. It was like, if I get into a black metal band now, I have to Google to see if they're
2: Nazis I'll before I that. actually <laughs> like them. I'm on, a, I'm on a Facebook page and like it's all like to you know put a band forward or do the yeah, search yeah. bar to see if like they've all got any racist connotations <laughs> mm. and fuck me some of the bands that you think are not racist they're really fucking racist mm. and you're just like yeah. fuck like, I it's... can't even I can't listen to the amoebics anymore I've literally literally <laughs> oh on,
1: wait what happened with them
2: oh for uh, fuck's uh, sake I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went he went to live on an island to become a blacksmith and now he's a fucking holocaust sympathiser anyway oh, fuck. Oh, that, God. that frame right there just before we started this interview had a signed yeah. Melvin's poster in it and I don't oh. use this room a lot and I were like, "Oh, I can't let them see the fact that I've got a signed Steph. Elvis." <laughs> Steph, Steph, it's funny you say that
0: because uh, I have got a signed um, Polaroid of Buzz on
1: my fridge that I need to oh, take sake. off. So you've to get, it, get of that. Uh, get, get it off! off.
2: <laughs> it's bad, isn't he's... it?
1: Like, you know, we shouldn't. You shouldn't have to think. Oh, this band's good. I'll just quickly check if they love Hitler. Like that shouldn't be something that you have <laughs> yeah, to do, just, but yeah. it is. Just for the record, Metal Archives, if you're listening, we hate Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> but, we love I, blast beats and we hate Nazis. I,
2: I love the fact that I changed, <laughs> I changed uh, Melvin's for Fall of Ephraim. So like, you do the right. Alex do is right. like super, super anti-racist, pro-vegan activist-like. I think that's a shooting fit, like, oh, redeem myself, thank God for that. I
1: mean, it's, a, it's an audio medium, so you probably could have got away with not changing it, but... <laughs> um, I, could,
0: I, I, could, I can put this up on YouTube as well, that's fine, just for that. Um, so, guys, just to wrap up, where can people uh, pre-order your EP and when does it come out?
1: So it comes out on September the 18th, um, which is a very busy release day, because oh God, yeah. Sumac Sumac are putting an album out, Napalm the Death wheels. are putting an album out. Fawn Limbs are putting an album out. So if you've got a spare 17 minutes on that day, please listen to our EP because I promise it's really good. You can Amazing. pre-order it from our band camp, uh, which is hiddenmothers.bandcamp.com. No, but the, well, they can, in digital form. In digital and digital merch from our band camp. And the vinyl, which is beautiful, is uh from surviving sounds our label and that's surviving sounds.bandcamp.com uh all support is appreciated and we love the fact that so many people have pre-ordered it already and hopefully you will like it when you get it in yeah. your inbox and that j- day j- just for those
2: vinyl nerds out there it's um it's galaxy swell black and white on 12 inch <laughs> 180 it looks, gram it looks well <laughs> nice. it looks Steph, like a Steph, black and white
0: Steph is winking for those people who are just yeah. listening, by the yeah, way. I'm a on yeah.
1: nerd too. so It I'm looks like a mate. black and white Campino and you will absolutely love it. So definitely buy it. Definitely.
0: And I've, uh, I can safely say, everyone, I've listened to it and it's mint. So go and buy it. Um, so I appreciate it. that, dude. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming on. And,
2: no, no um, thank yeah, you for having us. That's mm. all right. And I'll thank catch you. up with you soon. Cool. Ciao.